you want to embroider. Fantastic. But one of the main considerations, and one that many often don't speak about, is what type of needle you actually need and how to care for it. And let me tell you, nowadays, you really are spoilt for choice. So much is written about embroidery and its history, but whether you're new to the world of embroidery or an experienced stitcher, needles are key to producing any form of embroidered art. And good, sensible information about them is not always easy to find. Embroidery is one of those arts that really doesn't require a lot of supplies and is fairly affordable. Until, of course, you're bitten by the embroidery bug and want to stitch more and more. So a simple needle, thread, fabric and scissors will get you started. But needles can either hinder or help during the stitching process, so it's important to understand the hidden mechanics of their usage and the varying characteristics to keep in mind are the size or thickness of the needle itself, the size and shape of the eye, whether the tip is blunt or sharp, and the overall length of the needle too. And surprisingly, it's these simple things that either add to or detract from your stitching experience. So, let's give some detailed thought to that humble or not-so-humble needle in this case and the pivotal role it plays in helping you achieve your best stitching outcomes. Because at the end of the day, your choice of needle has a huge impact on your stitching. It can be the difference between frustration and pleasure. It's as simple as that. Stitch Safari listeners, I'm sorry, I hate to needle you, but in this case, I think I should because this simple implement that's been handed down to us for generations has the power to make or break an embroidery project. And it's the only tool we simply can't do without. The Essential Needle Let's begin our grand adventure of this amazingly no-nonsense yet highly effective little tool. It'll keep you in stitches. Hello and welcome to the Stitch Safari podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of stitch history, art and embroidery. Each fortnight, we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. My name's Cathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. Recently, I've been packing up our home in readiness to move to a new city, and packing my sewing room was not easy. <laughs> but I have to say, 
I was utterly amazed at the number of hand embroidery needles I've accumulated over the years. Really, I'm hoping I'll never have to buy another needle again. And attached within that large tin of needles, still many of them cocooned within their papery packets, are many fond memories. And I truly treasure my stash of needles. It's like a security blanket for embroiderers, I suppose. So I'd like to start out with the basics of choosing a needle in the first place, then move on to the categories and brands of needles and where they should be used, perhaps some specialty needles thrown in just for fun, organising and how to store and care for your needles and some tips and tricks where needles are concerned as well. Why not? So to the basics of choosing a needle. Different needles are required for different jobs and while there are a number of commonly used embroidery needles, there are also a list of specialty needles that have been designed for single use purposes. When it comes to size though, the higher the number, the smaller the needle. But let's not forget that choosing the correct size of your needle is dependent upon the type and size of thread you wish to use and the fabric you'll be working with. Imagine for instance a fine silk thread and a cruel yarn. One is thick and one is very thin. Common sense will tell you that you'll require a much larger needle for the yarn than for the silk. But your needle should also be the right size to allow your thread to pass through your fabric with minimal abrasion, but not so large that it leaves a noticeable hole around the thread. And don't forget when choosing a needle that you also have to think about and allow for the doubled thread near the eye. A good rule of thumb is to choose a needle where the shaft is about as thick as the embroidery thread you'll be using. If you find as your stitch that there's undue resistance and that it's hard to pull, hard to get that thread through, you may need a larger needle. Remember, the purpose of a needle is not only to pierce the fabric, but also to make a hole to accommodate the passing of thread. So the whole process of needle choice is relative between needle, thread and fabric. It's a triangulation of all three and your needle selection will become easier with time, practice and experience. Now onto the categories and brands of needles. And if you're just starting out, there are five basic categories of needles to include in your needle stash, and they are cruel or embroidery needles. They have a medium long eye, a slightly thinner shaft, meaning the eye bulges slightly at the top. They also have a sharp tip. These will cover most general surface stitchery needs such as crewel work, gold work, white work and most techniques that need the use of a sharp needle to pierce through a tightly woven ground fabric along with a longer eye to accommodate different weights of threads. 
onto tapestry needles. The big difference with a tapestry needle is that it has a blunt tip and is used for counted thread work such as cross stitch and black work, needlepoint or any form of needlework that is stitched onto canvas that has open holes. And it's the blunt tip that avoids piercing the fabric threads as you stitch. But that blunt tip also allows for whipping or lacing stitches that need to pass under other foundation stitches. See, the more you know, the easier it becomes because there's nothing more frustrating than using the wrong needle for the wrong purpose. And just think about that. Ask me how I know. Hmm, I wonder. Okay, on to chenille needles. These have a slightly thinner shaft than the eye and have a sharp tip and may seem huge to the fine embroiderer. But they have their purpose and can be used in surface stitchery, cruel embroidery, chenille embroidery and anywhere you need a large, long eye to accommodate thread along with a sharp tip to pierce fabric. These needles are ideal to stitch with specialty threads. All those lovely braids, metallics and other fibrous threads that have a tendency to shred as you stitch. Oh, my favourite, the milliner's needle. These are truly my absolute favourites. And I have to say, because they're long and have a small round eye with a shaft that's the same thickness as the eye, along with a sharp, uh, sorry, yes, a sharp tip. Perfect, perfect for bullion knots, French knots, or any type of stitch where the thread is wrapped around the needle a number of times and the needle has to pass through all those wraps. Then we have the specialty needles such as curved needles with a medium long eye that can be used for beading, upholstery and finishing techniques. Sharps are medium length needles with a sharp, uh, sorry, <laughs> with a small rounded eye normally used as hand embroidery needles and betweens are a shorter needle with a small eye and a sharp point commonly used for quilting. Beading needles are long and thin with a small eye used for sewing beads onto fabric. The long length allows multiple threadings of beads at the one time as required. Now when it comes to brands, quality I'm afraid is important. Yes, you can buy cheap needles but often they come with imperfections. They dull quickly rust easily and snag often. So think of your embroidery needles as an investment and buy the best you can afford. John James needles have uh, been around since 1840 and there's a reason for that. They're a quality needle. They're affordable, durable, sharp and the eyes are well formed for easy threading. Bowen needles are French made and affordable and the Japanese tulip needles, although more expensive, are very good. So, how to categorise, store and care for your needles? 
And this is important because really your needles are an investment. So you want to look after them and you want to be able to locate them quickly and easily as well as being able to differentiate them. There's nothing worse than using a needle that has rusted or incurred a burr somehow as a result of not being stored appropriately. Then not being able to find a replacement. That's even worse. There are a number of options when it comes to storing your needles and keeping them secure, including needle books or rolls, pin cushions, needle boxes or tins, or even needle tubes. You can go out and buy a plethora of needle organisers or design and make your own. But at the end of the day, the object is to keep your needles together, keep them safe and rust free and ensure they're easily accessible. As I mentioned before, I store all my hand embroidery needles in their packets in a tin. When I lose or break one, I simply go to my tin. I do have a couple of needle books, uh, but find they tend to get lost over time. My tin method works for me, so my advice really would be find what works best for you. This is a fascinating topic to search online for. The ideas people come up with to store their needles is simply incredible. And while in this day and age needles are easily replaced, sometimes it's worth caring for the ones we already have. And this can be done by polishing to sharpen and remove tiny burrs from the needle tip. Just use emery sand. Sometimes those old-fashioned tomato-shaped pin cushions come with a small emery-filled strawberry attached to it. But you can apparently buy emery sand or buy a pin cushion already filled with it online. So check it out. Now let's get to some tips and tricks. Polish your needles regularly by running them through a strawberry filled with fine emery sand that will help remove any rust that may have formed, especially around the eye of the needle. Be very aware of your tension as you stitch. Don't pull your stitches too tight. The object is to have the stitch lay perfectly on the surface of the fabric with no puckering. Use appropriate fabrics for your embroidery. Just starting out, then begin with a simple cotton. Many embroiderers use linen which can be very expensive or innovative stitchers may like to use repurposed fabrics such as a, a chunky tweed. It looks fabulous covered with dense embro uh, embroidery I have to say. Be adventurous with your threads. Make a sampler and test uh, what stitches look like, stitched out with varying uh, numbers of floss threads, with fun yarns or even metallic threads. Learn to understand your preferences for colour and how to include that in your work. You have to produce work you love and colour is a huge component of that. Gather together a comprehensive sewing kit. It doesn't have to be expensive. Use a box to store it in or uh, to begin with. Uh, it can be a recycled shoe box, but includes some small sharp scissors, a pin cushion, a thimble, 
a quick unpick, a needle threader, needles and pins, a marking pen, a tape measure and of course your beautiful threads. As you become more proficient, make the box larger, add storage containers and even more needles and more beautiful threads. It'll become your Aladdin's cave of sewing pleasure. And isn't it amazing to think that we still use an implement invented by our primitive ancestors, one that you may think they could still recognise today. Small, convenient, easily stored and precious. The simple needle holds a world of power through every stitch taken, but most importantly, through the power of creativity. So, from our ancient ancestors to now, nothing much has really changed at all. It's still a simple needle and thread. As always, thank you so much for your time. I love having you here and it's truly appreciated. Tell your friends to tune in and subscribe and let's make 2023 the best year ever. Stitch Safari's now reached over 16,500 downloads and that's all thanks to you. It's also been mentioned as one of the 20 best embroidery podcasts of 2021 by Welp magazine, listed as one of the top shows about embroidery by Repod in 2022, recorded in the top five textile industry podcast you must follow in 2023 by Feedspot and listed globally in the top 10% by Listen Notes. And I'm extremely grateful. Please leave a message and subscribe to the Stitch Safari podcast because there's just so much more to discover and it really is all so fascinating. I do post interesting tidbits on Instagram and Facebook from time to time as well as book reviews and a blog on the Stitch Safari website so do head on over. Till the next exciting episode of Stitch Safari and our next inspiring adventure into stitch, embroidery and design. Bye for now.